Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I am thrilled to say we have Laura Barons Wu, CEO and co-founder of Shippo. Though she's done a lot of other super interesting, really impressive things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about things that I don't typically talk about, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Fabulous. Are you ready to dive in? I am ready. Hell yeah. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Acrisure, a fintech and global leader in insurance, real estate services, cyber services, asset and wealth management, and more. Their promise of providing an extraordinary advantage is just what businesses and people need today when you consider, well, um, everything. The company combines human and high tech to help businesses and people grow and protect what they work so hard to build. And they really, really know growth. In less than a decade, they've grown 100x from 38 million to nearly 4 billion in revenue. Sound interesting? Go to www.acrisure.com to request a quote or find a solution. Laura Barons Wu is the CEO and co-founder of Shippo, a leading shipping platform designed for growing e-commerce businesses. Laura co-founded Shippo in 2013 to help commerce businesses succeed after experiencing difficulties with shipping for her own e-commerce store. Today, Shippo works with more than 120,000 merchants directly who rely on Shippo for their day-to-day shipping. Laura is passionate about making shipping easy and accessible for small businesses, empowering small businesses to be competitive in the marketplace, and has been recognized as part of Forbes 30 Under 30 list and Inc.'s Female Founders 100 list. Laura Barons Wu, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Oh, you're so very welcome. I'm thrilled to have you here. I am delighted to be doing a podcast today. It's a gorgeous day where I am in New York City. Where are you right now? I'm in the Bay Area. Been in the Bay Area since starting Shippo. I've been staying here even during the mass exodus during the pandemic. Where in the Bay are you? So right now I'm in Sonoma. Ooh, nice. Normally in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Oh, very cool. So we're looking at like a nice, like a 68 degrees outside, maybe some sunshine. It is really nice and warm out there, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a run during my, my lunch break, and it's looking, mm. it's looking like you need sunscreen, a lot of sunscreen. Wow. Well, to be fair, I'm actually a sunscreen everyday advocate. Like, I care a lot about this. Are you too? I, I am as well. Yeah. Normally, I don't put sunscreen on, I don't know, my, my arms when I just sit in front of a computer. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the brightness isn't turned that far up. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it is the kind of day where, where I'm going to need sunscreen everywhere. Okay, cool. All right, well, that sounds like a lovely day. My first question for you, Laura, is how did you spend your last day off? My last day off was actually pretty typical. I uh, woke mm. up late. I'm the kind of person who wants routine in a lot of things in life because yeah. uh, work is so up and down and, and unpredictable. So mm-hmm. I, every day I have oatmeal for breakfast. I do too. Oh, really? Yeah. It is the, the best kind of breakfast. Like people argue with me about that, that it like is goopy or, or whatever. No, it's but great. It's, it's great. It's great. So I had oatmeal for breakfast. I went for a hike. That was kind of my, the, the main activity that weekend. Um, I tried to go on a, on a hike every Saturday. So I, I went for a nice hike, cooked dinner at home. 
I have two cats to play with my cats. I have a dog as well. They're Persian cats, right? They're Persian cats. That's right. I think I know what a Persian cat is. I just want to make sure. Can you describe a Persian cat? (laughs) 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 I don't want to be wrong. (laughs) Yes. A Persian cat. Okay. There are a few features. The face is really flat. It looks, the cats look like, yeah, a flat faced cat. Yeah. looks like it's always grumpy. That is yeah, not like the case. Smushed. Okay. Yes. Yeah, smushy face, grumpy face, but they're actually very happy cats compared to like normal cats. Really? Yeah. They're, they're very docile, very chill. Okay. Okay. They're not climbers or hunters. They're mostly no? just relaxing and okay, sleeping quite super fluffies. Oh yeah. And they're white, right? They can be all colors. Mine are oh, uh, okay. white and black and white and gray, oh. but they're pretty big and fluffy. But when you wash them, they shrink to just their actual size. Like they shrink down oh quite a lot. Oh my God, that's amazing. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm glad that I did know what a Persian cat is. Second yeah. of all, have you seen the Aristocats, that Disney animated movie? Yes, I have. Is that little, the little girl cat, She's is she Persian cat? I would think so, yeah. The little girl one with, with the, the, she the has bow. she her hair tied up in a bow. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. She would be Persian. Great. That is my mental model for what a Persian cat is. I feel like Garfield is probably a Persian cat as well. You think so? Garfield looks pretty like chubby, kind of lazy. Okay. Could be a Persian. Wow. Yeah, let me see. People know Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat is not a Persian. I think it's not a Grumpy is is more of an exotic short hair. But oh. Grumpy Cat has the same kind of face, same like a pretty of, okay. smushy face. Are you passionate about cats? Yeah, of course. I'm very <laughs> passionate about cats. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's fun. Of course, plenty of people would be like, absolutely not. <laughs> did you have cats growing up? How did you get into them? I did not have cats growing up. I got my first cat in San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. Honestly, it was somewhat work-related where I felt like there's a lot going on at work and it would yes. be nice to have a pet at home. It would be nice to be able mm. to come home and like snuggle, yeah. snuggle a pet. I agree. Having a dog at that point of time was not an option just because we all went to the office every day course, and it was just a, a different thing. I started looking at cats. And there's an amazing website called Pet Finder that I still peruse every yeah. now and then. Oh, really? I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to because I, I can't have <laughs> another cat. But you can set up notifications on Pet Finder. So it notifies. Oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yes. Yeah, so I had a few of those notifications set up. Persian cats, exotic short hairs. Yeah. And like, if there is one surrounding, they will notify you that one is available for adoption. Wow. Okay. I found mine in, in Santa Cruz. Did you get them both at the same time? No. So you got one cat and then you thought, that's not enough cats. We need a second cat. That's not enough cats. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, I had my first cat for maybe three to four years. She is the best cat. Her name Aww. is Schrodinger from Schrodinger's oh, cat. from Schrodinger's cat. Oh, I love, we love. Yeah. And then um, everyone like started saying that the cat looks like looks like Churchill. Looks like she could like pull out a cigar <laughs> and like be smoking oh a God. cigar every at every moment. So the second cat I got, I called him Churchill. Oh, that's got perfect. Schrodinger and Churchill. Does Churchill also have prime minister energy? Churchill's a little bit sillier. He actually oh. is not as dignified as uh, not. As- <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that is so funny. So, okay, if you get a third cat, now we're talking a lot of cats, no? I think a third cat would get me into crazy cat lady territory, so I'm, I'm holding Three out. Three does feel like a bit of the line. I think it would be too much, yeah. Okay. I, would, I would really enjoy having a third one, but mm-hmm. um, 
could get me into a dangerous, dangerous place. Okay, but I will say if you get a third cat, the fourth and fifth one, that's not such a big deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think past three, send it. You know what I mean at that point? No, that's that's fair. I think two cats. Okay, we think we're good with two. Good to know. Good to know. Something you said that I related to was that you like having some routine in your life, especially because work can be so up, down, all over the place, which is something I definitely relate to. What are some other routines that you like really can't go without? I like structure in my mm. private life um, because mm. work is so unstructured. So mm. let's see. I like there's some some simple things, just like some simple wellness routines. I go for a run every day. I'm a very goal oriented person, so I have a mileage goal, yes. and then that mileage goal can be broken down day day by day. I love this so much. <laughs> this is so <laughs> soothing to me to listen I to. Know. <laughs> I love labeling things. So my label maker is my hell best yeah. friend. What kind of label maker do you have? The brother? I think it's a brother. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Me too. It's a like big black one. I have a very similar one. I love labeling things. And I also love those little acrylic boxes, like clear acrylic boxes you can put things in. Yes. And then a label on top. You put your oats in there and then you label it oats. Uh, that is. <laughs> I am actually about to do that. It's funny you say that because as I mentioned, I'm in the process of an apartment move right now. And there are, there are so many boxes right now. It's actually, it's pretty, it's an unhinged situation in here. However, I'm kind of looking forward to all the organization. I completely feel you. So that is that is one thing, labeling things. I love that. Okay, Running. I cook mm. a lot. But then meal planning is the other one that's really oh, nice. Oh, yes. Instead of making a decision every day around what to cook, which can be quite stressful at the end of the day, I do a yes. meal plan on Sunday. And then I have everything laid out like for every day during the week. I don't oh need to God. make those micro decisions anymore. So I, I love that. That's incredible. How did you learn to do all that? Or have you always just sort of had that innate quality? Good question. I think I'm, I like planning overall. So I love getting to like results fast outside of work. I love seeing the outcome of like, I've got this recipe and then I'm cooking it. And at the like within half an hour, within an hour, I have this, this dish because yes. I don't get that sort of satisfaction at, at work these days anymore. It just takes it. Everything takes a little bit longer. I love that mindset. I'm going to think about that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Laura, is there a song that whenever you hear it totally takes you back in time? Yes. Um, there are a few. I think for me, it's Usher's Yeah. Really? Oh, amazing. Where does Usher's Yeah take you back? It's a silly thing, but it takes me back to roller skating. Really? We used to live in a cul-de-sac. I was roller skating there with my friends and I even had like one of those Usher hats, the cap with an A on it. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know those existed. Those existed. What can you tell me more about this hat? I don't know what Usher's hat. Was. Oh, just in the music video. I mean, back then, oh, the MTV music okay. video, it was a big deal, and he wore this hat. So yes. uh, one of my friends gave me that hat. I don't know. We went roller skating, and like, somehow I associated that song with like roller skating as a as a kid. Mm. Do you still roller skate? I haven't done a while. No? No, I haven't. Roller skating is the four wheels, two and two, two in the front, two in the back. Is that right? Yeah, that's okay, right. Cool. Yep. That's fun. Did your skates have, were they tricked out? Did they have little ribbons or anything? I don't think I was that cool. <laughs> I asked because I have like one memory of my roller skates and it is that they had ribbons on them, like coiled mm -hmm. up colorful ribbons. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yes. That's really nice. Yeah. It And looking back, damn, that was some style. That was great. I need to bring great more time. of that into my life. Do you still roller skate? No, no, no. A friend of mine had a birthday 
she's like an adult. It's not like all oh, my friend mm-hmm. who was six years old. Uh, <laughs> no, it was my friend's like 25th or 26th or something. And she had a big roller skating 80s party. We got to dress up. Oh, that's fun. That's really yes. fun. Are you a big dress up person? I'm not. I'm not, unfortunately. I am no? German originally. Okay. Kind of a little bit more. I don't know if serious, but like Germans don't really dress up. Yeah. <laughs> the Germans don't dress up. What about for Halloween? They dress up for Oktoberfest. Okay. So I, I have dressed up for Oktoberfest in the past. Got it. Like later, Hosen? There's a, a women's equivalent to that. It's the Dirndl. Yeah. The Dirndl? And the the Dirndl, yes. I never knew what that was called. That's cool. Okay. It's called the Dirndl. It's uh, what you would imagine Heidi to look like with the, the apron and like, yeah. Oh that's, my gosh, that's, that's, that's what wonderful. Is. So for what do you do when you get invited to a like a Halloween party? Good question. I have this awesome like onesie that is just has a skeleton on it, but it's oh, one that lights go. up in the dark. And it's very simple. You just put on that okay. onesie and it, it goes it goes for every Halloween thing. That's cozy. Yeah. Do you ever do I ever wear it at home? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't even know where that is. I need to go look that up. Yeah, I because Halloween is coming up. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, I'll have to whip that out. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I've always been passionate about animals. I mean, cats is, is mm. the beginning. Um, yes. I, I love I love being around animals. I would work on a farm, maybe run a oh. farm. That would be a dream. I love horses. Really? Yeah. So I think something farm-related would be really fun and soothing. That sounds um, so nice. You could also just... By the way, a farm would be very conducive to three plus cats. That's right. That's a great environment to have a ton of cats. Honestly, an unknown quantity of cats because I feel like they come in and out (laughs) of the barn. You don't really know. How many cats do you have, Laura? Not sure. Couldn't say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then let's see. I I have been thinking about if I were to start another company, like what industry would I be interested in? Mm. And I have a... like think I have any qualifications for that but outside of work I read a lot of sci-fi cool if I had the time I would want to like research a little bit more what you're seeing in those sci-fi books like what is actually possible to be doing Mm. now and and go into that direction that's fascinating so like looking at the worlds that the creators and writers of these books built and then seeing what is physically possible today yeah like what is a lot of these books they they seem like you know, they've been they've been written 10, 20 years ago, and it feels yes. like some of these things are becoming more realistic today. And <gasps> just looking at, yeah, AGI as I an example, this. or space travel, and just looking into yeah, what, what, if, what is actually possible there? How, how realistic are some of these things becoming? Okay, Laura, here's what I think. I think mm-hmm. you could do this as a YouTube channel. Oh, that'd be fun. How fun would that be? That'd be really fun. Yeah. Okay. I will watch it. If you do that, please let me know because I will be your first viewer. I would love to know. I don't have enough sci-fi knowledge to do that myself, but I would t- I would be so fascinated by that. What do you read if not sci-fi? Well, frankly, right now I read a lot of nonfiction, mm-hmm. personal development books or business yeah. books or autobiographies. Mm-hmm. And then I try and I'm failing to alternate with something more like a novel like mm-hmm. a fun read or yeah, something yeah, that yeah. is only for the purpose of being enjoyed. 
Yeah. And instead, I'm mostly right now reading books that are like, here's how to get better at everything all the time. That's so interesting. So you, you don't enjoy the, the fun books or you, you don't feel like you, you should take the time to enjoy them? With the latter, yeah. I, I struggle with letting myself feel like, okay, good time to take a break. This is a restful, you can do something right. I know a lot of people have that same issue of feeling like they have to over-optimize every second yes. of the day. It's yes. definitely something that I... I try to work on, but books can be a real trigger for that because it's like, okay, if I'm going to read a book, I better make the most out of it. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who feel the same way. I know. For myself, I'm kind of the the opposite. I struggle to enjoy nonfiction. And the only way for me to get through nonfiction is by listening to an audiobook, by having someone read it, read it to me. Yeah. But then when I sit down and read, it's mostly, it's mostly fiction. That's wonderful. Yeah. If I'm reading fiction, it's definitely hard co- hard copy. Yeah. Because I like to feel it. Yeah. Tell me this. Do you have any truly useless talents? Like something that you're really good at, but that just you really are never going to need to know how to do that. I know how to knit sweaters. And yeah, I'm pretty good at knitting. Wow. And this is not something that I, I'm doing for fun. It's like I, I learned that like my mom <laughs> taught me how to knit. Okay. So it's more of a utilitarian knit. Yeah. If I had to, I could, I could knit a sweater, but I've mm. never had to do that in my life. Never had to do that. And the sweaters I've been knitting are, are not that nice. So no, <laughs> no. but you said you don't enjoy knitting. That feels like a waste of time to me. Just sitting down. And, really? And, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Okay. That feels like a waste of time, but you end up with a sweater. You do, but you end up with a sweater that is not as nice as a sweater you could have just gotten on the internet. That's true. That's true. I know, but you made it. If I bet if you gave it to someone, though, they would be stoked on that. They'd be like, oh, this is the sweater that Laura knit. That is true, but I doubt that they would wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something smaller. Maybe a potholder. <laughs> Just yeah. like a, a small square. <laughs> yep, yep. Or, or like a scarf. I have a lot of scarves that I That's knit perfect. as a kid. Those are very easy. That's great. Yeah. A scarf seems like a super easy shape to knit. And also if it doesn't come out perfectly, you can be like, that's how it's supposed to look. That's the aesthetic. That's what I was going for. Yeah. This one is not like not useless. I actually find it very useful. I'm really good at navigating. <gasps> really? Yes. I'm really good at navigating. I know exactly like which route to take. And I, really? I don't know how it comes with like a little bit of intuition, but I, I feel like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really good at navigating. Okay. I have questions about this because this is not something I consider a strong suit of mine. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're really good at navigating, does that mean with a map, with Google Maps, you're really good at following the directions? Or you're saying like, if you need to get from point A to point B, you can figure that out? Oh, no. Even even different. It's like, I can always find the, the way back. And if if I'm lost, like I know exactly which turn I took, I can follow a path back compared to like the direction that I went. That is one of the most useful talents I've ever <laughs> heard of. <laughs> That's fantastic. You could be a park ranger. Yeah. Oh, that is actually a fun thing. That that would be a, a, a fun like alternative career as well, park ranger. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Living in the woods, just scaring off bears. Scaring off bears, you and your army of cats just (laughs) tromping through the woods every day. (laughs) I don't think tromp is a word. I think I combined traips and romp. (laughs) Okay, so you're doing a combo traips slash romp with your army of cats in the woods. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something inconsequential. Oh, you already know the answer. (laughs) I have. I have a lot of these. I have a lot of these. Yeah. Let's go. So... Fruits don't belong in salads. 
Wow. That is like a firmly held opinion. I don't want any apples in my salad. I don't want any strawberries. I don't want any candied walnuts. It's just a salad. Well, candied walnuts? Yeah. Not even candied walnuts? No, not even candy walnuts. So is it no. nothing sweet? If we're getting really pedantic, then yes, because like tomatoes mm. are fruits. Yeah, so exactly. So tomatoes are allowed. Okay, tomatoes are in. Yeah, no okay. no other fruits and like nothing sweet. We should have, we can have a fruit salad, but then yes. an actual salad is, is yes. meant to be savory. Okay, so you are okay with a fruit salad if the yes. salad is comprised solely of fruit. Yes, but that's a separate concept. That is a mm-hmm. fruit salad, not a salad. Okay. Right. Are there any exceptions? Is there anything sweet that you want in a salad? No, no exceptions here. <laughs> no. What about blueberries? I feel like they're sweet, but not no, that sweet. No, 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 no blueberries. Absolutely no, no. Damn, that's like the ultimate salad upgrade, though. Is throwing some blueberries in there? I feel like a chef. <laughs> no, I, I firmly disagree here. I want like my blueberries go into a smoothie. They go into okay, just, that's fair, but not into my salad. <laughs> I love this hill so much. This is great. You know, this is our second fruit-related hill. My friend, uh, Alan De Silva, who's the CEO of a, a oh, startup yeah. called called Summer. Do you know Alan? Yeah, I do. Oh, she's amazing. Her tiny hill was fruit-related as well. She can't mm. handle fruits touching each other. Like, it has oh. to be separate. So similar in a way. That is very interesting. One of my other ones is I do prefer things to not touch each other on the plate. Really? That one's harder to explain because if it's meant to touch each other, like yes. it's like sauce over the pasta or the salad is yeah. tossed. Like that's yeah. perfectly fine. That's but if fine. it's okay. not meant to touch each other, then I mm. prefer it to be separate. Okay. That makes sense. I totally understand where that comes from. I, you know, they make those plates for yes, like toddlers. Those are for children. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> But Laura, you have to live your truth. If that's what you want in this one and precious life, get the toddler plate, honestly. You know, I, I think my, my partner would laugh too hard. I, I've been made fun of so much. <laughs> yeah, I do think you would get made fun of. I, I do. But that's okay. That shouldn't stop you. I'll support you. <laughs> if I was living alone, that would that would be my preferred type of plate. I think that's great. I think you, everyone should go with their preferred type of eating utensil, eating receptacle. I, for example, I would prefer to eat everything out of bowls. Oh. Everything. Everything. Interesting. I love eating out of bowls. I don't like eating off plates. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. I can see at that. At home anyway, at home. At a restaurant, it's not the same. The challenge then, though, like in a bowl, things are touching. So. <laughs> Ooh, insightful. Insightful. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be a challenge for you. Okay. Well, if we ever have a meal together, you bring your toddler plate with yes, the little group. bring your bowl. <laughs> I'll bring a big-ass bowl. <laughs> this is going to be a great meal. <laughs> it's very normal. Just very normal. We're very normal, very normal having, meal. <laughs> having food. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. Tell me this. This is a two-part question for you. The first part is who would play you in a movie about your life? And the second part of the question is what chapter of your life would make the best movie plot? Okay. So I've been told by friends that I look similar to, to Olivia Munn, but then I, I Googled her and mm. I immediately got the caveat of like, but Olivia Munn when she was young. And oh. I was like, okay, okay, mm. let's let's look at that. That'd be cool. Okay, yes. I think the most fun part of my life, this is hard because there are two different parts. Like when I, I grew up in an, in an interesting way, um, my, mm. my dad is with the German foreign ministry so we, oh. we grew up all around the world. Like I spent time mm. in, in China, in Ecuador, in Egypt, in Spain and Switzerland. It's like wow. there's a, a lot like 
of interesting, just like that experience was phenomenal. I think mm. I wonder if it would be interesting in a movie, like, but yes. that is much more of a wholesome movie of like a child yeah. experiencing different countries oh, and having totally different countries through a child's eyes, different exactly. cultures, appreciation of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would be a nice wholesome movie. Okay. That one's PG. That's our PG film. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if we wanted something more like, I don't know, the, what was it? The, the social network, like Mark yes. Zuckerberg style then it would be something out of the the more recent past in the startup environment. I think that sounds great. I think there's a place for both films because I love the idea of like a wide-eyed child, like learning all these different things, being in all these different places, experiencing all these things. And then I think also The Social Network is one of my favorite movies, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, one of my favorite movies. And you know, Aaron Sorkin, who wrote that film, also created The Newsroom. Oh, yes. Which Olivia Munn starred in. Oh, so lots of connections here. Aaron Sorkin and Olivia Munn already have that history together. They already know each other. That's right. And Amazing. so Aaron Sorkin has the social network vibe already. He has that experience. Yep. And so he could write this film with us, obviously. You and I are also writing the film. And then Olivia yes. Munn can star in it and play you. What do you think? And then maybe Gollum can make a guest appearance too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely, yes. I I would love to know if you have any ideas off the bat of how we could fit that in. I mean, Gollum is just one of my favorite characters of all time. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. You don't ever, like... I don't know, at home, you don't ever want to make the Gollum voice of like, my precious, <laughs> my precious. You, you don't want to do that? I'll tell you the truth. It has never once occurred to me to, to do the Gollum voice. It occurs to me a lot for some reason. It's just such an iconic scene of uh, his him in the, in the, what was it, in that creek where he's like yes, yes. having both sides mm-hmm. of Gollum and Smeagol and having that yes. conversation. What are you usually referring to at home? when you are referring in the Gollum voice to my precious? It can be anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So you said that you didn't want to get the plates with different sections because your partner would make fun of you, but the Gollum Mm -hmm. voice at home is totally okay. Oh, that is, that's become uh, kind of part of our routine. Okay. The Gollum voice is, is fully expected by now. That's great. I do relate to that. I don't do that voice, but I do like weird accents, especially if I'm like, I don't know if it's like stressed out, but if I have a lot going on, I don't know. I'll just revert to different accents, British accents, Australian. <laughs> In a normal conversation. Oh yeah. Like if I'm, if I know I have a lot to do and I'm like co-working with a friend, you know, maybe we're working out of the same space. Yeah. I'll just look at him and be like, all right, then let's do it. Uh, yeah, got to get started for no reason. <laughs> Truly no reason. Just I want to psych myself up and make it easier if it sounds like a British person is encouraging me. Yep. <laughs> no, on, on my end, like, if something's not going well, it's like, yeah, these are filthy hobbits that are, that are making, <laughs> <laughs> making oh my, my life harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely going to try that. That's amazing. That's wonderful. That's great. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that goes for me. Okay, Laura, tell me this. What is your most used emoji? It's probably the laughing emoji. Really? Which one? The one with the tears coming out. Ah, yeah. Love that one. Laughing with tears. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. That's my favorite emoji just because most of my texts, they tend to be funny and that's a quick reaction. And yes. and also just to, to let people know that I'm joking that this oh, is... Oh yeah, that's important, right? 
I like that most of your texts tend to be funny. Yeah. I mean, work is so serious. I like outside of yes. work, things, things are meant to be funny. That's beautiful. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. What's your most irrational fear? I am very afraid of sharks. Really? I'm not even sure that's irrational. I feel like it's a very irrational fear. Sharks, they look terrifying. They have multiple yeah. rows of teeth. Oh yeah. Too many teeth. Too many teeth. And then if you're encountering them, you're encountering them in their element. You can't fight a shark mm. in their element. It has all of the advantages. I'm very afraid of sharks. And but to the extent that like when I'm in a swimming pool, like sometimes I have to turn around just to make sure that there is no shark behind really? me. Really? So even being in water where you're pretty sure there's no sharks, you still want to check? Yeah, I still want to check. Did something happen with a shark once or did you like no. read a story about a shark? I have never seen a shark aside from in, in aquariums. I don't know. Like it's just bodies of water. They, they just seem, you can't murky. Like you, you don't know yeah. what's behind yeah. you. And yeah. you're again, like you're not in your own element. You're totally vulnerable in the water. Exactly. Mm. So that's, that's my irrational fear. Are you okay with fish? In the water? I don't have a problem with fish. In okay. fact, I believe oh, it's going to be weird, but fish are kind of the, the birds of the ocean. Oh, they're absolutely the birds of the ocean. That's incredibly well put. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have an issue with fish. Okay. No issue with fish. Good to know. You're the second person to say that sharks are their most irrational fear. And you're the second person to say, though, I don't think that's irrational. <laughs> 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 so you're in good company with uh, yeah. Jason Kander. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. <laughs> to up Jason, there are saltwater crocodiles in Australia that oh. sound really terrifying as oh, well. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate if that anyone so wants to Google, like there are, I don't even know if these are real videos or simulations of like mm -hmm. a, a saltwater crocodile fighting a shark. It's oh, really geez. terrifying. And you can, oh, you can see that on YouTube. That's the stuff of nightmares. See, that's why you need to start making your sci-fi real life YouTube videos yeah. to push that other stuff out of the algorithm. <laughs> Send that away. Laura, aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what's something you couldn't go a day without? Okay, a few things. I love bathing. At the end of the mm -hmm. day, after just working, running, cooking, and being done with everything, catching up on emails, the yeah. best way to turn my brain off is just to sit in a hot bathtub and oh, yeah. just put a whole lot of Epsom salts in there and just sit yes, there for half definitely. an hour. And that is like the first thing I look at coming into a hotel room as well when I when I like am out for work is like does it mm -hmm. have a bathtub? And like yes. lots of times it doesn't. But if there is a bathtub, that's going to make my my work travel so much better. That's great. <laughs> that's so true because you can't exactly travel with a bathtub. Like no. there has to be a bathtub in the hotel. If anyone in invents an inflatable bathtub, I'm yeah. all ears, and I'd be I'd be interested in giving that a try. But I have not found a way to travel with a bathtub. <laughs> An inflatable travel bathtub. Like, what would need to be true? I think it would have to be something that was intended for use in the shower. Yes, because you still need the water. Exactly. Because you need, like, a lot of hot water. Yes. Huh. Okay. This sounds like a big liability for the hotels, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hotel lobby would be vehemently opposed to the invention and subsequent patent of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard to do. It would be hard to pull off. But yes, bathing is one of my evening routines Go that I just love, love to do. Yeah, that's great. Man, the Laura Barron's woo routine sounds idyllic. This is how people <laughs> spend time at a retreat. And you're like, this is my everyday life. <laughs> that's why it's hard to talk about that without talking about work at all. 
It's like, I'm only talking about the nice parts in life. I know. And it's like, then there's probably like, you know, 15 hours of work in the middle, but the beginning, the end and the weekend day sounds great. Work-life balance is such a hard word, but I do believe in in work-life integration. And it's like, yeah, Mm. you have to do some things every day to just feel good. It's like, you have to eat your oatmeal. You have to take a bath. And then everything in between is like, yeah, come at me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready for you. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Laura. Yes. Hell yeah. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Acrisure, a global fintech leader with a broad product and service offering specializing in intelligence-driven financial services across insurance, real estate services, cyber services, asset and wealth management, and more. Sound familiar? Acrisure recently made waves by partnering with the Pittsburgh Steelers for naming rights to their home field. Here we go, Steelers. Yes, football. I get it. The company combines human and high tech to help businesses and people grow and protect what they worked so hard to build. And they're no stranger to growth either. Increasing revenue by 100x in less than a decade expanding into 15 countries and operating as the sixth largest insurance broker in the world and the largest independent real estate services company in America. Ready for an extraordinary advantage? Go to www.acrisure.com to request a quote or find a solution. And we're back with Laura Barons Wu, the CEO and co-founder of Shippo. Laura, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. I don't know what for, but I'm ready. Perfect. We've arrived at the lightning round. Here we go. First question for you, coffee or tea? Tea. 100% tea. Always? Always. No coffee for me. Have you ever had coffee? I have, and I, okay. I used to enjoy it quite a lot, but mm. then I don't know why. At some point in time, I just had enough of coffee, and I now I don't okay. like the taste. <gasps> wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I love coffee, so we'll see. That would be an, an amazing plot twist if that occurs. Yeah. The good news here is that now if I have coffee, if like the day is really bad and I couldn't yes. start my day with oatmeal yes. and I just like have to wake oh, up. That'd be a horrible day. It would be a horrible day, but yes. then like a ha- half a cup of coffee yeah. really gets me awake. So now it has quite quite a lot, like a big effect, much more than All before. right. So it's a bit like you have a, a ripcord, like an emergency, like a break totally. glass in case of emergency, yes. half cup of coffee Yes. until you can get yep. to that sweet, sweet bowl uh, or divided <laughs> plate of oatmeal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Do you have a favorite board game? I don't love board games. Oh, you said that like an yeah. apology. You said that like, yes. oh, oh no. I don't love board games. That's okay. My, That's okay. You don't have to love board games. All of my friends love it. Yeah, Laura, because you work in tech and live in the Bay Area. Obviously, yeah. all of your friends love board games. Yeah, I just hate losing. And like playing <gasps> a board game is not... The like, plot yeah. thickens. Exactly. Okay, okay. <laughs> now we're getting at it. Okay, so what if you were guaranteed to win the board game? Would you enjoy Oh, I'd love it. Playing I, it? Okay. I'd love <laughs> Okay. So what I'm hearing is you don't really like losing. Yes. And I, I feel like board games are, I mean, there's a, they're not necessarily about skill and, and they mm-hmm. take a long time. I'm not big into board games. What about a fast skill-based board game? Would you play that? It would depend on what kind of skill we're talking about. Really? Okay. What about like verbal, like words? 
Something like Bananagrams, for example. No. You're a no on Bananagrams? I'm a no on Bananagrams. Okay. I'm not fast okay. enough. That's okay. All right. That's fine. What about, have you played the card game set? I have not. No. Okay. I think you might like this one. I will describe it incredibly briefly, which is that mm-hmm. it is a pattern identification game that involves oh, yeah. putting 12 cards down. They have things in common like shape, color, size, and texture. And you have to identify sets of three based on those qualities. That sounds really fun. Yes. I would love that. It massages my brain to play Mm -hmm. it. Like it feels good. I think you would enjoy it a lot. I think the reason I thought of that for you is because of our shared love of putting things in boxes and labeling them. Yeah. It's very, it's very satisfying. I love memory as well. Mm. Like I've not played it in a long time, but where you have all those cards upside down, do you need to identify where the other card is? I love that. That is a very fun game. Yeah. These are games that kind of fit my weird thing of feeling like I'm being productive because they do feel like they're helping your brain. Totally. Yes. I agree with that. It's great training for your brain. In that case, okay, I'm going to like, I hate citing studies that like I, I haven't validated, but recently I saw a study that like reading nonfiction helps mm. with Alzheimer prevention because <gasps> you're actually forcing your brain to create a world inside your, inside your head. Like it's, oh it's, it's triggering just like imagination. You have to imagine what that world looks like, what that society looks like, et cetera. Really? Yes. It, it helps with exercising part of your brain that you normally don't. Laura, you just gave me such a beautiful gift because now I can read fiction <laughs> and feel productive. Yes. Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of that, have you ever read a book twice? Yeah, I have. A lot of books or does one in particular come to mind? A few. Recently, I reread Snow Crash, Hmm. one of those sci-fi classics. And that's because Hmm. I read it maybe 10 years ago. And a lot has happened in the last 10 years. Like it's about the metaverse and uh, that sort of stuff. So it was like much more realistic today. And yeah, yeah, it was was cool to reread then. That's going to be a cool one for your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome. Do you have a favorite cartoon character? Yes. Calvin and Hobbes. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Not a cat, but a tiger, right? A tiger, yes. Okay, so tiger. cat adjacent, yeah. Feline. <laughs> if I had another cat, I'd name him Hops. I think it's really? a really cute cat name, yeah. I love the idea that if you had three cats, they would be named Schrodinger, Churchill, <laughs> and Hobbs. It would be like three completely different cats. <laughs> yes. But they would somehow all make a nice little set of cats. <laughs> and I'm kind of imagining Hops to be a, a short-haired cat, like a round-faced short-haired yes. cat. That'd be very cute. Hobbs is orange. The tiger is orange, kind of. The tiger is orange. Yeah, it okay. could be so orange. Could you get an orange cat? I should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yes. Just is there a filter on Pet Finder? <laughs> orange. orange. Yeah, yeah, you could. I think they're called. What are they called? The tabby orange ones. Tabby. Yeah. Is it tabby? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think you can filter for tabby cats. All right. So throw that filter on there. And then, and now we can look at the attaining the third cat as simply completing the set. Yes. There we Uh. go. Beautiful. (laughs) Now it feels good. Okay, Laura, this is my last question for you, sadly. But what would you title your memoir? One of the values at our company is shift to learn. And mm. it, it works really well because like, you know, yes. you're as a developer, you're, you're shipping things constantly, you're iterating yeah. fast and, and you're learning through that. But like, we're also a shipping company. Yes. What I've been able to benefit from in the last like seven years that I've been running this company is I'm learning on the job every day. And like, I'm yes. doing that through shipping. So I'd probably call my memoir Ship to Learn. I love that title. That's wonderful. It also has a lot of applications for creative work as well, because... 
in my experience, the best way to get better at different creative pursuits is to just keep making things and doing things and you get so much better. Yep. Now I need to uh, do something with my life to be able to write a memoir. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, Laura, I'm sure you could write a memoir tomorrow. It's going to be great. And you'll have plenty of time on the farm. Once you get to the farm, you'll have plenty of time. I'm excited for that farm life. Sounds very idyllic. It does sound idyllic. You're going to have to pave part of it though, so you can roller skate. (laughs) 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 Laura, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Where can people find more about you? Yeah, I think Twitter is the best place. Uh, I'm Laura Burns Wu on Twitter. I am not just tweeting about shipping, also just about other things in life. So that'd be a great place to find me. Amazing. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or at Non-Technical Pod in all those places too. Laura, one more time. This was such a treat. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Yee, bye. 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 